0: Hi guys, and welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host Alex Richwagen, host of the show, and author of a couple of different books. Most importantly, Investing Should Be Easy. Welcome to 2020, the new the new decade. I almost said millennium, but that wouldn't be correct. And uh, we're gonna kick off 2020 with a series of shows. We're gonna interview a new investor, and I'm talking brand new investor, somebody that is about you know 20 years old. First time investing in the stock market, and we're going to walk through their journey after reading the book and kind of figure out what are the things that could be improved from the book on a how to, what's the best practice, and that's what today's show is going to look like, and as well as in the series in a five part series at the very minimum. So that's today's show. I'm your host, Alex, and we're going to get started in three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome back. So at the top of the show, we talked about what kind of series we're going to talk about. And um, we have privilege and honor to welcome um, a new guest to the show. His name is uh, Landon, and he is a brand new investor, about 20 years old. And his first start of he's got some cash and want to understand what can I do to grow this money instead of just spending it on some random crap. So let's introduce Landon. Landon, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here.
0: They've made a few words, but we will open him up just a little bit more as we go through the show. So Landon, I know you had the opportunity to read um, Investing Should Be Easy. Um, give me your take. Like, what was what's, What was helpful about the book to start with?
1: So what was helpful was the explanations on how investing works and how a bank account doesn't give you money back or how you end up losing money in a bank account over time.
0: How, how do you lose money in a bank account?
1: Because of interest,
0: yep. I believe. Interest over time.
1: doesn't. Well, um, no, inflation. So the money in the bank account, they don't give you enough money to cover the cost of inflation, so you end up losing money over time.
0: Okay, so that's fair enough. Um, I hit the—I think you hit the nail on the head right there. And there's a lot of different questions that you and I have been talking about. Um, I think we should kind of just kind of go through them and kind of di- dive in a little bit deeper and get, get your train of thoughts. Um, before I get into that, so now that you've read the book and now you've got some cash which we're going to talk about and we're going to start off with some investments and some ideas and like kind of your journey – um, what was missing from the book for you? And like, if, you know, when I add a part two to it, like, you know, version two, what would you like to see different?
1: I would like to see more steps okay. on how to do it. Okay. In the book, there was like, this place is good, this place is good to invest, but there was a, really wasn't any go to this place because of this. There wasn't any really direction.
0: So more of a pointed recommendation, because I think, um... My purpose was to lay out lots of options and not say you have to do this, but in your mind that might have been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that's fair. It's good feedback. Anything else?
1: No, it was pretty straightforward. I realized that once you put your money in there, just long-term events investing, so you just don't touch it.
0: Okay, so that's fair enough. And um, so let's kind of talk about. Where you are today, so um, I think you have a couple thousand dollars that you're looking to invest and like what you know talk about where you're starting to put your money and then what other things you thought about?
1: Well, I thought about just investing it all into all little itty-bitty stuff. I was thinking about investing into acorn um, but yeah, mostly just that that's about it. Uh I thought about some stuff I'm gonna do after college. Okay. In college, don't really know. Um one thing after college was if I do go into military, then after three years in the military, the military would buy me a house and I could live in one bedroom, rent out the other three bedrooms of the house. Interesting. Interesting.
0: So let's take a step back. Um you kinda of, the starting point, you talked about acorns. Um as you know, I'm a big fan of Fidelity. And we'll kind of go through that. So, Acorns, um, for if you didn't know, Acorns is a um, completely an app. I'm not sure if they have an actual website you could log into, but I know it's got an app. And so, what happens is you can invest just for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month, no fees. And basically, it's like, I want to have either a robo portfolio or maybe there's like some stocks that you like, and it'll slowly invest money into those stocks because you'll be able to buy fractional shares and it's kind of a easy way of doing it if you don't want to really think about it too much so a very passive way but from our conversations you want to be a little more active and you want to be involved with the process right yeah so you don't want to just say hey i'm not going to think about this i actually want to know about what's going on with money right so we talked about acorns another um, app that we had talked about was like Robinhood. there's another startup if you will i think they have seven million users where i'm putting my money and the reason why i like fidelity and we'll get to there um so Robinhood, they don't charge fees they don't charge um commissions and it's a good app acorn's a good app if you want to just have a robo and you just kind of just get started if you will um fidelity a little bit more active but what I love about Fidelity, a um, couple things. A, they just went to zero fees and commissions on their trades, so you trade for free. Their level of education on their platform is fantastic. So if you want to know more and get more educated on topics, they have webinars, they have lots of articles, they can you know help research sectors for you. It's a lot of stuff in their platform that you get from being a customer. So I think the, the, the gain that you're getting is, is a lot bigger if you want to be more involved in your in your own investments. And they offer um, exchange-traded funds, which operate like mutual funds. So it's like a basket of stocks. And they offer lots of variety. Ones that trade on there that they recommend. So and some of that stuff is baked into my portfolio ideas already. Because along with the education, you get the positions. And as well as now it's free trading. It's such an easy win and i really enjoy their platform. So those are some of the things and we're not sponsored by fidelity, they don't pay us for anything. Um but that's some of the reasons, is that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um so talk to me, i know you recently just got a fidelity account. Talk to me about that process. How did it go?
1: Well, it was pretty good. Um there was a couple of things i didn't know what to open. Okay. Um didn't know what type of account to open, whether long-term, short-term term or anything, so I ended up opening a brokerage account. Yep, individual, um, and then yeah, then I just brand new opened it. Um, but I got a question on there. It said that are you a um, do you want to sign up for a professional stockholder, so they send you a lot of information about all this stuff and mm-hmm. like that, or do you, are you a non essential stockholder? So any brand new, not knowing anything. So do you want to see that information or the professional information?
0: Well, professional is do you want them to manage your money. And I think in the early stages, um, the answer is no if you kind of choose some basics to start with just to get comfortable with what you're doing. Um, Professional is kind of like the acorns or like, you know, letting the robo-advisors take care of it. This is another way to have a little more control and flexibility over your investments and pick things that you might believe in. I'll give you an example. So some people believe in um, like green movement or um, along with the Me Too movement is companies where the CEO is a woman. So like you could invest in a portfolio that just has that. It's pretty interesting. So it gives you some more flexible options versus the beginner. I think it's important to start off with a, a plan and then be willing to adjust that plan. And then also, like, think about your goals long term. Long term investing, we talked about that as well for the capital appreciation and the growth within your account. So, getting back to your question, yeah, I would pick the basic to start with. Um, just you know, just like you are. Okay. So um, we're going to start off with um, around two, two thousand dollars. Start two thousand dollars, and you'll tie up that with a checking account. Okay. okay. So, question for you is do you intend to add to your brokerage account going forward because that will change a little bit of the investment strategy and we should talk about what to do with the 2000 to begin with and not putting it all at once. I know you had questions around that. So um, I know there are a few questions out there, so sorry. Do you, are you going to add money to the account um, as time goes on?
1: I am going to add money to the account, but how much money should I be adding a year?
0: Well, it's discretionary money. So right now, if you don't have any specific bills that you've got to pay on a basic basis, um, can you afford 50 bucks a month, $100 a month, something yeah. in short, small increments? So then I would set up, I would put the initial deposit and then set up increments of $50 to $100, whatever feels comfortable for you. And then... Now you shouldn't base
1: it off how much profit you receive at the end of the month or how much it, your paycheck?
0: Um, you could do it that way too. So it depends on how much you're willing to be comfortable. Well, I remember when I first started investing, and in, um, you know, hundred bucks could be a lot of money to me. That was what I could afford. So I would put in a hundred dollars a month, and then when I you know got raises or bonuses or made more money, I would add to that on a monthly basis. So a hundred dollars is like the minimum, and then if I had a good week, maybe bartending, I'd put in an extra thousand dollars in a month. Okay. So it really, it really just depends.
1: Okay. Now, say you're making really good money. Yep but you have basically no expenses whatsoever. Yep.
0: It's a great position to be in. Yeah. Um, not me. I've got two kids and a mortgage.
1: So should you go ahead and put um, most of your money that you're making into investing?
0: Sure. It, it's not, and it's, one thing I want you to be realize is, I know we talk about not pulling the money out, but eventually you're going to want to do something. You might need a new car, you might want to buy a house, you know, whatever else. And so... You can take the money out any day you want. So that's why we want to choose investments that mimic that type of philosophy. But at the end of the day, you want to try to leave it untouched because that gives it the best potential to grow.
1: But now, untouched as in like without putting money in or mm. without just without pulling it out? Without
0: pulling it out. okay. Because also from a checking account standpoint, just in a money market fund, you're already earning 10 to 20 times what your checking account is going to earn you, which is nothing. So it almost pays about 2% on average, which is already better than what you're getting on your checking account. Make okay, sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we talked about the starting point. What's a good amount? It's it's all about what you're comfortable with. That's the basic point, what you're comfortable with on a ba- monthly basis. $50, bucks, $100, bucks, $500, whatever it is. And you'll be able to manage on an app or on a you know desktop to look at your investments whenever you want. I don't recommend looking at all the time because the stock market moves on a daily basis. and it can, How
1: often should you look at it? Eh,
0: monthly. Monthly? Monthly, quarterly, something like that. Something that doesn't give you heartburn, but we want to put together a portfolio that doesn't give you heartburn at all and you just kind of say, you know, I'm going to trust in the process. And now, should
1: you go longer than a month? Or like...
0: That's completely... Like six months? Complete your preference. Okay. You could set it and forget it and not worry about it. That's probably what I would go. Um... So another thing we talked about is, all right, so we're going to upload $2,000 and you keep asking, why not just put it all in at once? So do you remember in the book, um, one of the strategies that talked about with dollar cost averaging? No. Okay. So do you remember this, the, uh, the story with Joe, the farmer? Yes. So tell me about what you learned from Joe, the farmer.
1: Um, I remember Joe. I don't remember the story.
0: All right. So the story, a basic level, was Joe needs to buy cows for his farm. And every month he can spend up to $50 per cow. And some months he can buy a whole cow. Some months he buys a cow and a half. Some buys he can only buy a half a cow because the price of the cow keeps fluctuating. So if he's still buying the same amount throughout the entire year, by the time he gets to his end of the year... He's got something like 10 and a half 12 cows, but they've, it's in different lots. So that way, as the stock market moves up and down, like the analogy with the cows, you're, at the end of the day, you're just buying the same amount, and you're going to catch the market at lows and highs, and you're going to just catch it at different increments, which helps reduce your risk and as well as helps build your portfolio.
1: Okay. Now, why shouldn't I wait until the stock market crashes?
0: So, in a historic standpoint, um, I don't ever recommend trying to time the market, because if you if you took a I'm just going to invest money I'm not even going to look and I'm I'm not going I'm just going to set it and forget it over time those blemishes um, become very irrelevant. So last year in December September through December the stock market went down twenty percent plus. This year it was up 25%. So over time, it really just kind of evens out. So that's why, really, that's portion of you're waiting, you're waiting, but then also you're giving up dividends, you're giving up growth, you're giving up, you know, um, time value of money, which we talked about as well from a capital appreciation standpoint. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Okay. So I think for the 2000, um, my recommendation is let's figure out a portfolio that works for you and then. Let's do you know invest two hundred, four hundred dollars a month for five months until it's fully vested.
1: Well, now that two hundred dollars, are we going to divide it up evenly into the stocks that I chose? Correct.
0: Okay. And that'll depend on what we choose as well. So it could be four hundred, could be five hundred over four months, whatever makes you feel comfortable. We'll go in that direction. Okay. Um. Also, another thing we talked about um, beforehand is it starts getting into why from like an investment strategy standpoint so what is the investment strategy so tell me like why you read the book it's you know it's it's written to educate and influence and help people you know people like yourselves um so what did you get out of it like what why why are you choosing to invest your money
1: um, I realized that with it being in the bank account it is not it's not doing anything and that without even trying you can go ahead and set up a retirement fund for you and I don't want anything to happen to where I'm like 60 and still having to work doing anything like that so I want it to be set when I'm older so I can do less work when I'm older so I'm doing more work now
0: okay that makes makes a lot of sense Um and I think what ties into that kind of concept as well is um, we, we've started talking around what, why the stocks that I'm that I choose, and also like I'm put put together po- mock portfolios inside the the book. It's mock portfolios, average return. I think I look back at them. They range from uh, forty to sixty percent return over like a three year stretch. So pretty pretty good returns. And um, But like, why the stocks? So I think we're going to get into that um, a little bit deeper on the next show of, you know, where does my investment strategy come from? And as well as like, how do I view the market? And I'll kind of give you um, a starting point to think about. And then we'll get further into it on future show is like, try to get in the habit of predicting the future the best you can.
1: In what way? Like predicting the company's success or predicting upcoming companies?
0: So don't be in a dying industry, for one.
1: So dying industry industry as in what?
0: Um, Dying industry as in I wouldn't invest in malls right now. I wouldn't invest in clothing stores. I wouldn't invest in JCPenney. I wouldn't invest in Sears these big box retail companies that their business model is broken. They have less traffic. They're competing with online stores. Um,
1: now how do you figure that stuff out? How do you know that they are fail, failing?
0: Um, either through reading um, a variety of resources, um, investment articles through doing my own uh, independent research and just understanding what they're, like, I'll give you an example. So one, there's a couple really important um, values when it comes to trying to evaluate a, a stock. And like retail, they use, um, like, revenue per square foot as an indicator. So they'll take their revenue, whatever they bring in money-wise, divide it by the square feet of their stores because that's, like, how much traffic they're generating, how much money they're generating, and it's uh, it's really telling when you compare a smaller, I'll give you an example, like Dollar General turns over that a lot faster, even though their price points are really low or like a TJ Maxx versus like a Sears, it's night and day because how, how they're turning over money. So I look at their cash flow, I look at different variables, but that's what I mean by like a, de- a dying industry versus... Um, Robotics, artificial intelligence, um, financial sector, all different sectors, which we'll talk about um, in the future show of why do I like those sectors? What do they offer? And what do I think the right business model is? I'll give you another example. I had somebody ask me about Tesla and autonomous cars. I think autonomous cars is like 10 years out, at least people like to drive you. I've seen you drive. You seem to enjoy driving, it's a kind of a fun thing to do. I don't think people are willingly going to just give this up and want the autonomous vehicles. I've seen statistics around there people are not comfortable getting into the idea of a car that's autonomous and as well as they don't have any driving, they can't have any power on it. The majority of the public is not comfortable in that realm.
1: So you think by the time we are capable of having those cars, the capabilities are there now. People want it.
0: People are, the capabilities are now, where's the demand? So I think about things like that and try to connect the dots for where money's being spent. Also, remember we talked about in the book is there's a Wall Street way by using ratios and formulas. There's a common sense way. Where do you spend your money? What do you see as busy? I remember, you know, I've seen Chipotle go through ebbs and flows where it was like slammed to the wall busy. And I walked in there when they were on the E. coli outbreak and all that stuff. There was nobody there. You can kind of tell sometimes just by being an educated consumer.
1: Okay, but now, say you invest into a a company now. Well, this is going to be an ongoing investment for 40-something years. Sure. So how are you going to know that that company is dying? You do research, yes, but then at what point do you take that money out and reinvest into another?
0: There's indicators. So... um One of uh, I'll give you one that's uh, like alarming. So let's say you invest into a a company that pays a dividend. A red red alarm on that is if the company stops paying the dividend or reduces their dividend, because that means they can't manage the cash flow very correctly, and that way their revenue model is upside down. So there's like things like called like a dividend payout ratio. So the amount of money after EBITDA, EBITDA is. Um, earnings before income and taxes, and then they, what their overall income is after they p- get the revenue and paid all taxes and their expenses, what percentage of that money are they paying as dividends? And there's a very clear line, what is healthy and what is in- not healthy.
1: Okay, now, but how can we find the difference between dividend on fidelity? Like, is there going to be a section that we can click on, or are we going to have to look at past dividends each year?
0: I'll have to, so there's a few different things there. So it's a mixed bag. Um, I use Fidelity, but I also use another site called Finviz, dot com, where you can look up these ratios and you have to understand a little bit more. So this is all things that as you evolve your vocabulary, it'll get a little bit easier to understand um, because it's complex and it's hard. And like, I didn't know all this stuff. Um, I just get better and learn from my mistakes a lot from an investment standpoint, but if company X that you invest with, their stock goes down on a quarterly basis because they offer a guidance, which you can see, you can actually attend the shareholder conference calls if you'd like to, just to learn. I think that'd be a good, a recommendation is to listen to a conference call and see what they talk about. They talk about their earnings or forward looking past and they, they kind of lay out how they did as a company.
1: Well, where would we go for a conference call? Now, um, conference call is in like the company's conference call. Mhm. Okay, now where So we as you, as
0: as you're an investor, you can sign up to receive links for these. And let's say you invest in Apple. You can you can listen to Apple's conference call if you're a shareholder, if you have one share.
1: Okay, can you do that through Fidelity or do you need to go to apple.com and do it?
0: No, Fidelity will send you a link. Okay. that will give you the capability of doing so. Um, but it's a good question. Um Another thing we talked about, um, how's our pace? Are we doing okay? Yeah. Okay. You asked about, um, multiple accounts.
1: Yeah. So at what point would we open multiple accounts? So if we just have one account, put all our money in there over separate accounts, is that going to make money, more money than separate accounts?
0: So I think let's get down to the base of the question. Um... So what you're really saying is like, why do I have multiple accounts and what's, what's the point or why, what's the strategy? So a brokerage account is a retail account. The very basic starting point is there's a retail and there's retirement accounts. So what you have is a retail account, which means whatever money of dividends you make on it, you can get taxed on it. So then you can open up a retirement account, which you can start at any time. And that money will grow tax-free for a long period of time you will not get taxed on. And depending on if you choose what type of retirement account, you can either get taxed or not get taxed on it. Obviously, you'd rather pay less taxes, right? Yeah. So there's vehicles or different investment accounts that you can use in order to do that. So I've got a brokerage account. I've got a IRA. I've got a Roth IRA. I've got a 401k at work. And to me, they're all different streams of money that I'll have access to at different points of time. That way, when I'm ready to retire, talked about that in maybe 20 years from now, we I'll have an idea of like money that's coming in. I'll already have my retail money, which is non retirement, that I've been paying taxes the entire time. And then I'll get the stream of retirement money that I'll have to pay tax on some. And then I'll get another stream of retirement money that I don't have to pay any taxes on. And on top of that, Maybe if Social Security is still around, I may have that as a stream of income. So it's multiple streams of income that will make you have a very comfortable retirement that you don't have to work. Does that okay. make sense?
1: Yeah, but now, <clears throat> when do you open up those accounts? And so when do you take money from that account and you put it in the retirement accounts?
0: Um. I would open up, I would start with a retail and a retirement account. But I think to start with, let's just start with a retail for yours, and we'll come back... Maybe in six months to a year. Or if you want to open up and you want to take, put money in, start money in your retail and start getting comfortable. And then we'll open up a retirement account and do the same thing. You have the same kind of investments, just in two different accounts.
1: So you make the same amount of money, Mm -hmm. but one you can take out regularly? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And so at what percentage should you split up the money? Or would you just add money to both of them?
0: I would add money to both of them, but it depends on your initial goals. Like if you've got a, a goal of owning a house in five years, 10 years, whatever that looks like, then I'll put more money to the retail side and then we start getting comfortable like, okay, I want to have a goal. My name's Land, and I want to have a goal of having $10,000, 20000 50000 whatever that number is to you. Once you reach that goal, you're like, okay, now I want some other options and I want to start contributing to my retirement the money that won't get taxed. That would be a time to kind of pivot and start investing in the retirement. Or you invest in like four to one ratio. So like for every $4, you put a dollar towards retirement and make it make sense, maybe $100 towards the brokerage account and $20 towards retirement. It's one way of doing it. Okay. And But does that make sense on why the multiple accounts? Yeah.
1: Okay. But now for multiple accounts... Would you have multiple accounts for different things in life that you want? So would you, would you have one for your mortgage or if you want to buy a house or cars, vehicles? That would be,
0: that's all brokerage.
1: So it's all one account?
0: That's all one account. Okay. I think that's a good starting point. So I know we talked about a lot of subjects. Time just seems to like fly. We kind of just start getting engaged in the conversation. And I think as we progress in this series, we'll gain... More traction, you'll have more questions, which is good. So, I know this is like kind of like the first start. So, we kind of talked about why investing. You talked about as you grow older, you don't want to just, you know, keep working and work at, you know, I think the cliche is work at Walmart till you're 70 years old or something. You don't want to do that. Um, Kind of getting started, we're starting Fidelity, a couple thousand dollars, um, add to it as time goes on. And then, um, yeah, I think that's like the kind of the good start. And we talked about a bunch of different things on. Um I think next time we should get more in depth into the investment strategy. How do you select a stock? Why do you select a stock versus another stock versus another stock? Cuz they're all companies and they're all growing at different rates and I think you want to have um we should talk about that a lot more on the next episode. Um I think that works. Anything else anything else for tonight before we close close down? Can't think of anything. Okay. Well, uh Landon, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast tonight. We appreciate it. And I hope if you guys have any questions, comments, um, feel free to send me an email at um, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com and E-E-N at the end of the Rich Wagon. So uh, until next time, we'll see you guys in seven days. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.